Hi, welcome to episode three of Illiterate Literature. I'm your host, Will, and we're back with the next 100 pages of Dune. Uh, this time we're going to do a quick little introductions. We're going to talk about some uh, film or media that we've consumed this week. This week, I've been watching a seasonal anime called Tower of God. It's a Korean webtoon. It's been adapted to an anime, and it is really incredible. It's a great time. Jared, how about you? Um, this week, I've watched an entire season of Star Trek Next Generation. Which season? Uh, season six and halfway through season seven. Nice. Coming up in the end there. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley's back. He's had an Indian uh, vision quest. That's, yeah. that's the way this is going, it looks like. Yeah. That's great. How about you, Maddie? Okay, so uh, yeah, this week I've been watching and reading, uh, finished watching, still working on reading uh, Haseki no Kuni or uh, Land of the Lustrous. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautifully illustrated and beautifully animated uh, anime and manga that deals with a lot of, I guess, existential themes and also just makes me, yeah, like it makes me think about my life in ways that make me feel uncomfortable. But um, it's got this gorgeous like kind of buddhist imagery and it's very it's an introspective piece for sure but i'm really enjoying it so far uh how about you brennan what have you been what have you been doing um i have been watching merlin um but i also finally watched jumanji because my aunt was like this is hilarious so that was fantastic yeah uh eldon <laughs> Uh, well, I'm Eldon, and I've been watching uh, Magic for Humans. I watched, I binged like the first three seasons, and it's incredible. It's just this guy, Justin Willem, a Roman. Uh, just, he just goes around and do, does like wild magic tricks, and you just have to wonder how the hell he does all of them. Like better Chris Angel? Better Chris Angel. Cool. He's not creepy. <laughs> all right, Shannon. Um, I've been, I watched uh, Three Identical Strangers, which is a mind-blowing documentary that's been out for a long time so you know it's mind-blowing to me not to the rest of the world but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's about three guys who like discover just like randomly that they're all triplets and then as it goes on it like uncovers like why were they like because they were all adopted out when they were babies and then it uncovers like why they were adopted to separate homes and then it gets really crazy and then like yeah cool it's wild (laughs) all right so just to recap last episode we ended off with duke leto being kidnapped after being betrayed by dr yui and the whole like status of the atreides house was on the line and everything was going crazy, and we had no idea what was going on. It finally got exciting. And so we start off with this next bit with Jessica wakes up, and she's, like, tied up, like, on the floor. She's been, like, kidnapped in a dark room, can't escape. Everything seems to be going wrong for her as well, which was a little bit opposite to what we'd expected when Dr. Yui had claimed that she was going to be okay. Uh, yeah. And then, like, uh, she's, like, tied up on the ground, and Baron Harkonnen walks in, and he starts monologuing, blah, 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 does this maniacal laugh. Like, he's just, he's doing his own villain thing here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, no, Mrs. Jessica, I expect you to die. Uh, and 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 then he starts, like, doing this whole thing where he's like, ah, Piter, do you want Jessica as your, like, 
concubine or do you want the planet? And then Piter does this whole like hemming and hawing thing. And he's like, nah, this woman's nothing. I want a fucking planet. <laughs> Obviously. Jessica in her head's just like, oh, you fucktard. Just <laughs> because like you're dead sad regardless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can talk about this later. We can talk about this now. But Mentats are literally the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like, every yeah. Mentat we've met so far has been the stupidest. Yeah. <laughs> And they're supposed to be so smart. Yeah, they're literally they're supposed not. to be like these like hyper genius supercomputers that can solve any problems. And they're just like, oh, I underestimated you. Oh, whoops, I didn't think of that possibility. Like, they're like God Vulcans damn. if they were dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about Vulcans. this later, I guess. But there's like scenes later on where um, you literally have uh, Howat being like, Wow, I really underestimated this guy. Yeah, wow, up, I yeah. really well, effed up. And yeah, like, we'll, we'll, really? we'll come back to those. To be like super powerful. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's wild. Uh, yeah, and then Harkonnen ta- turns around and is like, "Yeah, so rather than killing Jessica and Paul, because then when I was interrogated, I would have to tell the truth about like with like the Emperor's truth sayers and things." And I, so I'm just gonna leave it to someone else's hands because apparently that's fine so he's just gonna have one of his men like go out and drop them off in the middle of the desert so that they get eaten by worms which seems like exactly the kind of situation that could go poorly for the villain and is how every movie plot works so well it is a classic yeah and then it's there's this whole like little detail there where they like all of the guards are talking about like Jessica is like this like Benny Jessert witch and just like ah she says a single word to you she'll like in, entrance you and capture you you in her spell and she'll like manipulate you blah 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 until like straight up just like thinking she's an actual like demon <laughs> like yeah yeah like yeah exactly she's just like inhuman is almost like how they're yeah, treating yeah. her like they don't see her as a person so much so much as like uh like a human yeah. weapon and then and then it like it turns out that paul could just do the same things because mary sue paul <laughs> i have that written like four times in my notes here <laughs> to be fair the Bernie Jesuits really already were like not very kindly looked upon that's true yeah that's true. yeah but also i okay i actually have like a little bit of a problem here yeah. is that like it's so the Benny Gesserits were like, oh, there's going to be like a male Benny Gesserit. It's going to yeah. be great. He's going to do all these things. And he's going to do like Benny Gesserit things that normal a normal man couldn't do. That's true. But his mom's just kind of teaching him all this stuff. Like he just kind of knows it. Well, he's like, hasn't been trained as a Benny Gesserit at all because that's like. They they don't train men as far as as far as I understood. Like it was just he's just doing this because he's he can just do all the shit. The abilities, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, like his mom has been teaching him these like Benny Jesseret ways, like this Benny Jesseret like, and he's yeah. just kind of like able to. Yeah, do when it. did he practice it at all? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, so these guards take Paul and Jessica on the thopter out to the like woods or out to the desert so that they can get eaten by a worm and then on the way out there like jessica does some like sexy wiggling and they're like mm, what if we untied her and then she killed us haha <laughs> <laughs> unless <laughs> yeah like, there's there some real weird vibes yeah. coming out of there but like that's too bad die i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then like they like 
mountain escape, Paul just like kicks a dude in the chest once and then he dies. <laughs> but the that way they described it. Very weird. As, like, they described it as if his weird. foot went into the rib cage. And yeah. Just, oh, <laughs> Paul's just like, fuck, I think my foot is stuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> It may have been Mary Sue, but I think that was pretty badass. It was badass. <laughs> and I guess the, the other guard just got stabbed by the other guard because they were like fighting over who would get to have sex with Jessica. And like, because that's yeah. a nice way to handle that's that. Thing. Boys, boys. Pretty sure that's the other. Yeah. Oh, we don't need to, don't need to get worked her. up. <laughs> we can figure it out. The guy's like, well, fuck you, she's mine. <laughs> yeah. See, all of this could have been solved if the men had learned of the concept of dibs. <laughs> the ancient tradition of dibs yeah. <laughs> oh also yeah one of the guard guys is like deaf so it's assumed that like jessica can't use the voice on him yes that, that was yeah that was a detail uh i also don't think frank herbert's ever actually met a deaf person because the description of <laughs> how this guy was like parsing things and understanding was weird <laughs> Yeah, like even reading through it, he just it like it seemed to me that he's just able to speak like any other person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, does. Yeah, read yeah. like he spoke perfectly in the audiobook. Yeah. He spe- he speaks and like listens perfectly as long as he can read lips at like full speed. And Which is completely like, absurd, but yeah. It leads me to believe that either his deafness was caused to him and he was able to um like communicate verbally as before or this has just happened and Frank Herbert doesn't know how to write characters yeah it felt felt weird either way but yeah and then at the end of that we get this whole like sequence where they realize that like the people that were sent out to kill uh, Paul and Jessica were gonna get marked by other Harkonnens because they couldn't have any witnesses and then the people that marked those ones are also gonna get marked by a third set of Harkonnens and then I I thought that whole bit was like Wow, you're really just showing the redundancy of your army here. Yeah, also, like, stupid, where do you draw like, the line? Where it's like, ah, two enough. degrees of separation, they're fine. <laughs> like, you can't no, just it, kill your whole army with a chain reaction. <laughs> me, it was just very much like, wow, like, way to make your whole thing, like, ooh, look at this espionage. It's like, it's not espionage at this point, it's just stupidity and redundancy. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just got, it just became annoying to me. Or if they really wanted to, like, guarantee it, they could have just, like, rigged the first thopter with, like, a bomb that was going to go off on the way back, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> have much better <laughs> evil geniuses than yeah. uh, the Harkonnens. I, I believe that. I have stuff to say about the Baron's choices and tactical... That's fair. Uh, ...awareness, as well as financial awareness, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of which... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the next scene that we encounter here is Dr. Yui, like, basically just dicking around in the Atreides house, where he's, like, trying to, like, hide, like maneuver himself around the guards so he can get, the, like, the signet ring to the Thopter. So this is kind of, this seems like it was, like, a cut back in time to where he's trying to, like, hide the signet ring and, like, the pack in the Thopter so that Paul and Jessica can find it later, because that's what they needed to, like, escape. Um, and he's, like, talking to these guards, and the guard's like, hey, what are you doing? He's nothing and then the guard immediately walks away and like <laughs> okay no further questions <laughs> okay <laughs> and then like eight seconds later yui gets brought into the baron and the baron's like hey where's the ring and he's just like uh uh uh, uh. I, I don't know <laughs> 
And okay. and then the Baron's just like, all right, you've outlived your usefulness. Piter, kill him. And then Piter kills him. And then Baron's just like, ah, shit, he was still useful. Why'd we kill him? What the fuck, Piter? Why'd you kill him? <laughs> Piter, what the fuck? The thing was just very much like, wow, this is really showing Harkonnen to just be like, not nearly as threatening as he appeared to be initially. Yeah. <laughs> is everyone well, blind he and stupid? like such a threat. And then this whole, this whole thing was kind of just like, ah, is he actually a threat? No. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then they bring in Duke Leto, who's, like, real drugged and tied up, blah, 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 blah. And the Baron's just, like, real upset about really nothing. Like, he's just, like, pissed that the ring's not there and that the Duke doesn't have it. Like, like the one fucking thing. Yeah. And now I'm hungry and upset. Yeah, and then they're like, ah, where, where, is, where, where, where are your son and wife? Like, they escaped, and like the duke couldn't possibly be expected to know and like you can he- like in his monologue he's just like well they can interrogate me but i actually have no fucking idea <laughs> also yeah side note i thought i'd bring up i love that all of the like heads of the harkonnen family or like people in the harkonnen household are just described as literally just gross like <laughs> frank herbert yeah. uses the word <laughs> yeah. gross <laughs> Yeah, that's so y'all true. give me very Augustus Gloop vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like they have the uh, um, uh, <laughs> the like magical fat suspensors of yeah, suspensor space or whatever. And like I I'm picturing it just like fucking levitation beams that just hold up their fat. Yeah. Picture them like I giant they were, babies. Like, like, in those little like bouncy like Wally, like the fat people in Wally. <laughs> yeah, the fat people in Wally. I thought they were like suspenders that act like girdles, just like keeping all the body weight up. So it's kind of like an even distribution. So it looked like a fucking muffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a full body corset kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the still suits are what all over the body, in the nostrils, and in the ears, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, there's some weird outfits in this. But like, realistically, how how much water do you lose through your ears, like on a daily basis? Like, how much? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea, and I don't think I want to find out. Yeah, I'm gonna go more than you want. Can I yeah, just okay. tell Matt Pat he'll do a game? Get the facts. So then, like the uh, the Duke is like sitting there watching the Baron have his tantrum, and he's like, ah, "I could kill him with my tooth, but he's far away." And then the Baron goes on the second like rant about, "Oh, we could torture you. We're gonna drip like fat." like tallow like boiling tallow on different parts of your body and it's like oh that sounds uncomfortable and then the duke is just like all right you're dead now <laughs> and he just like bites down expels the poison gas and piter drops dead one of the guards drops dead and the baron just walks away because apparently he had a shield up and that was enough just to like keep the best plot out. Armor. miraculously he was yeah. saved by his own ingenuity yeah ingenuity <laughs> <laughs> I also love. I also love how Kate, like, in that scene with Yui, he, he was like, "What could you have possibly meant by like his revenge?" And like, you oh, yeah, yeah. actually He's, killed me. Yeah, you, and then like, he does not put any extra effort into being like safe. He yeah. just like, eh, it was probably a bullshit comment. And then like, it comes to pass, and he doesn't even really like clue into the fact that yeah. oh, maybe this was Yui. He's just kind of like, oh man, I almost died. Oops. Yes. Yeah, that was a closed one. My guards suck. <laughs> you, you there, be my new guard captain. No, I, Why do my guard captains always suck? 
<laughs> yeah. You know, Yui pulled a whole like Obi Wan strike me down. I'll become more powerful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, and then everyone just drops dead. The Baron's fine. He walks out, and like while he's like walking out, he gets stopped by the starter car leader, who's just like, "Hey, how's everything going?" And the Baron apparently does not want the starter car to know that he fucked up and like everyone's dead. And just like, uh, uh, they're they're all good, having a little chat. Please don't check mm-hmm. on them. <laughs> Okay, come check on them. Well, like to me, it seems like the Shardakar, Sadakar, um, yeah, are like they're on behalf of the Emperor, not just to like act as a military force, but also to kind of just keep an eye on the Harkonnens and make sure they don't yeah. like disturb too much shit, you know. Yeah, the Sardaukar seem to be, like, the Emperor's show of support for this whole thing. Like, they sent the Sardaukar to, like, help out because they wanted the Harkonnens in power again. I'm still unclear as to what the Emperor was actually planning here. I think the Emperor, like any Emperor, has his own agenda, and it matches up with no one else. And he's just (laughs) kind of either dumb about it or really smart about it, and we'll find out later. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, and then, so... That's like they have a little scene, and then the Sardaukar leader goes off and is like, Ah, we're gonna investigate this. And the Baron's just like, Ah, all right, fair enough. Uh, and then we cut to Paul and Jessica who are out hiding in the desert in a tent that uh they had got in their pack. And like, apparently, Duncan Idaho and Kynes were gonna help them, they like had promised that, and they're we're like, Okay, we'll see you tonight. And then like that night passes, and then they don't show up, and then they're just like chilling in the tent. They, they have they have a whole big long conversation wherein like Jessica is just like sitting there and Paul's just like fucking rain manning everything that's going on and Jessica's like how does this how, how does my 15 year old son know all this thing and like Paul's like yeah you're pregnant with a daughter like this is her name Jessica's like what like Jessica's like so overpowered and whatever and then we yeah. call Paul's Jesus well she's like terrified oh, of her son moment where a Paul becomes Jesus but also I was like wow like you took this really like admittedly like kind of cool character of Jessica who seemed like so powerful and whatever and you literally made her look like the biggest idiot ever by literally just being like ah I don't understand what's going on with my son at all and then like, Paul's just like explaining all this stuff and she just like oh I didn't think of that oh I didn't think of that oh I didn't think of that like <laughs> Yeah, I hated I was, I was really upset actually by that chapter because I was like, wow, I actually like Jessica and now I don't because yeah. it made her effectively powerless and completely irrelevant. Well, yeah, and like now she's just kind of been demoted as an accessory to Paul. Like she literally says like, oh, now my only duty is to like my son. I have to like be by his side as his mother and that's it. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Yeah. No. And then, and then Jessica. She's like really cool. And then now she's like, mm, guess I just have to be a woman now. <laughs> Jessica has this great line that I wrote down and quoted. Jessica says that she conceived out of instinct, not obedience. So not only is the gender of your child a choice of theirs, the actual conception is apparently the woman's choice. Where she's just like, hmm. What if this egg was fertilized? What time? Very, very odd. Like, what? That's crazy. It makes me wonder if, like, um, who just faced the author, Frank Herbert, was maybe, like, into some weird stuff, like eugenics. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Seems that way. Uh, but yeah, and then we get this like another little segment where we get just exp- or like just plot explanation where Paul is just like, "Oh yeah," and this this proof obviously means that the the Spacers Guild is against us, and this proof obviously means that this and like the the Fremen obviously do this, and it's like he just just starts explaining all the realities of the world because he's just suddenly decided that he knows what they are now. Yeah, like Paul's seen every reality that ever has been or could have been, and he's starting to realize like it's not looking up for yeah. him. Like the majority of these yeah. options okay. end up in his or his mother's death or something. Yeah, no, and then like they they turn on the radio and like apparently get a message from some of the Atreides and where like the Atreides soldiers had been like, oh yeah, we're we're getting overrun. There's all these like legions of Harkonnen and they like list it's like hundreds of thousands of soldiers and like thousands of ships and it's just like a full out like ungodly invasion force. And they're talking about how it's like it'll cost the Harkonnens like fifty years worth of their spice exports just to pay for this invasion, like. It's ridiculous. And apparently it's all in Atreides battle language, which I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, do they actually have like a second language they use when they're fighting? It hasn't been explained yet. <laughs> I don't think it I ever mean, will. Pretty cool. It is cool. And then like the Harkonnens have their own, but like apparently it's like self-explanatory enough. Like at the end of the radio message, they just hear the Harkonnen battle language, like uh, total victory. And you're like, okay. It's just like <laughs> frantic spoken Morse code. It's like dash, 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 pause, dash, 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 dash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paul takes this time to tell his uh, tell Jessica about how Leto wanted, like, sent him to have this like message where it's like, "Oh, I never, I never distrusted you, and I always loved you." Blah 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 blah. And I always wished I could have made you my wife. Jessica's just like, <laughs> "Son of a bitch!" Come it was, on. It was like a pretty wholesome moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you could tell she was mad. Like, damn it! And, yeah, and she goes on this whole like poetic rant about like how like her life was a lie, but it was love, and it was like she, she waxes poetic for a bit, and Paul's just like, okay. Uh, af- afterwards, like Jessica mentions, like, oh, it's uh, Paul's doing all this thing. You're doing it because you're a mentat. And then Paul's just like, no, I'm a freak. I'm a lover. Like, just oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fighter. <laughs> you made me this way, mother. Yeah. I didn't have to be bored. Take it back. Undo it right uh, now. Stop. Yeah, no. It, he, like, he, he like full on freaks now. <laughs> I did not appreciate that though. I, I was, was like, you, I, I mean, I get like the realization of, oh, I have all these powers would be like a lot. But the fact that he's like, oh my God, I'm a monster. I'm going to get pissed I'm off at my monster. mom. I'm and then like, it, that has not gotten Anyways, moving on. Yeah, he's, yeah, he got over it. Like he lost his mind and then he's like, I'm over it now. It's like, yeah. Well, he was constipated with grief, like, apparently. <laughs> I know, but wouldn't you think that maybe that would like mess someone up enough that it might come up later? Yes. Yeah. Well, like, mm. it, yeah. And then he, like, okay. So Paul starts telling, like, uh, Jessica about all these things, about how, like, he, yeah, this is, I guess this is where he mentions that he knows she's pregnant. And she's like, I, I, I'm like two weeks pregnant. I, like, barely do. And he's like, yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> like, and then, and then Jessica's sad because of all the things she just found out about Leto. And then Paul thinks this is a good time to be like, hey, bombshell. We are Harkonnens. You're our, you're the Baron Harkonnens' daughter, and I, he's my grandfather. Take a look in the fucking mirror. <laughs> and take a look in the mirror, pal. <laughs> Jessica just flips out, like so. She's she's just like distraught, like having I don't know a manic episode. Like it seems like they're just having 
a weird moment out in the desert. I don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. I'm trying to be confused and sad all at the same time. Be sad. Now be like real confused about who your entire life was. And then Paul starts hating himself, not because he's a freak, but also because he's a Harkonnen. Like, yeah, and he's like, oh, but it, on the plus side, though, like, <laughs> there's one future where I'm really fucking cool, and I say something like, oh, hey, grandfather. Yeah. Well, no, it sounded like he's like, I saw, I saw future of the vision, and in the vision, I like checked my like health records and saw who my like grandfather was. Like, <laughs> it's like he just like, oh, I went to the future, saw proof. I was like, able to okay. peer inside a single strand of DNA and observe my genetic structure. <laughs> I saw a really little Baron Harkonnen in my blood. Yeah, he's in there. <laughs> Hello, little Baron in my bloodstream. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, he talks about, oh, I'm not the Kwisatz Haderach, but I am a seed. Uh, seed. Uh, a the, seed. We're not going to explain that. That's just, this, he's a seed. He's a seed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that scene ends. And then I get proven right, wherein we finally get confirmation that Princess Irulan is the emperor's daughter. Or, yes. Good job, Will. You predicted a book that has so far At been this not point, predicted. I'm just convinced that, like, <laughs> Will's fair. been reading ahead and slowly been feeding us, like, drip feeding us information. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I think it might be this. I knew it. No, I'm not reading I ahead. I honestly think this book is that predictable. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> like, it's, it's not a terrible book. It's just no, not it's just defying any expectations. But I've been under the impression that the Princess Irlan was uh, Modib's daughter. No, Princess Irulan, I think we think is going to be Muad'Dib's wife. Princess Irulan has to be approximately the same age as Paul to make any sort of sense. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is why, like, because we did have that discussion last time about like, oh, maybe it's like the unborn sister, and it was that's not convincing to me. Um, well, yeah, now it makes it makes a lot of sense that like, if Paul's yeah. plan of like, we will come back to the hit Paul's plan. Yeah. yeah, like if if his plan comes to fruition, it makes sense that the Princess Irulan would be a character. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, they're being the are uh, they're being hunted in the desert. We start like seeing like all the Harkonnen thopters flying around, and they're just like shooting lasers and guns and blowing up the desert. They're just like wildly carpet bombing, trying to find them, and it's not working. <laughs> uh, we then get to a scene where it's uh, Thufir Howitt hanging out with a Fremen in like a tent and they're just like chatting. Uh, here we find confirmation that Gurney is apparently safe and he's with the smugglers and he's just going to leave the planet. A devastating so, like, loss to the narrative. Patrick Stewart will be fine, but he's not going to be a part of this anymore. That's what really made me sad. Yeah. I actually thought this whole thing was dope. Other than the fact that Howitt <laughs> Is the biggest moron. Yeah. So the Fremen starts talking about like, oh, like, what are you gonna do about all these like wounded? Like, are you gonna uh like help them or are you gonna like make the water decision? And and how it's just like water's not the problem, the problem's that they're wounded. And he's like, No, but like what are you gonna do with their water? He's like, No, 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 they don't have water, they're wounded. Like water decision. <laughs> so fucking dense. <laughs> The thing I liked about this was it was like, wow, the Fremen, like, you start to realize, like, oh, the Fremen are actually kind of dope. Like, there kept being, like, hints of how cool they were, and now I'm just like, wow, the Fremen are, like, the best characters in this whole thing. I don't know if you guys guys caught this here, but there was one point where I think Howitt just straight up compares the Fremen to the Byzantines, which blew my mind, because now this confirms that, like, they knew who the Byzantines were. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, the Orange Catholic Bible exists. Yeah, so this is very because like... The, the word Byzantine just kind of means confusing and weird. Yeah, but it's based on there being a Byzantine empire somewhere in your history. So like, yes. it at least takes place in, like, hypothetically, or just Frank Herbert just didn't think of that, but like takes place in our universe. Yeah, well, I, I assume that. <laughs> no. I, I swear I remember somewhere in the first hundred pages that somebody mentioned it was like 10,000 years since these ancient Maybe. Men. I don't recall that, but you might be right. Long yeah. time ago. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we also find out here that like Liet Kynes is supposed to go rescue Paul and Howitt is still like 100% convinced that Jessica did it because he cannot put two and two together. He's like, who would have had everyone's medical information? Who would have known the way around the whole complex? Who could have like who who could have who could have taken down the shield? Who knew everything about our operation? Who who, who knew my, who knew like the Duke's dental records? It's Jessica. Yes. No. It was the doctor. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> who could have poisoned like, everyone? Jessica. He's supposed to be the Mencat, which maybe like actually has superpowers and he's like a supercomputer. And yeah. like the non-supercomputers, like Jessica and Paul, were like, oh, it's gotta be Yui, and he's just like, nah, bro. <laughs> he's just like yeah it's practically yeah. written out for you in space english right here like, it can't be much clearer guys come on i'm a mentor yeah. and then so while like kind's supposedly helping paul uh like one of how it's men dies and then they're like ah oh, no you have to make the water decision and how it's just like uh what and then the fremen just come in and they'll straight up like kidnap the body and like go drag it off so they can vacuum out all the moisture and all the all the Fre- all the fremen are super pissed or oh no sorry all the atreides are super pissed because like ah oh, you just took our friend and they're like yeah but like it's smart and they, they, but none of these atreides men just understand like the reality of living in the desert like they don't have still suits they're just like apparently walking on the wrong side of sand dunes where it like slips and they can fall uh but then the the sardaukar attack and the Fremen, like, there's, like, a few of them, and they're, like, hiding in the desert, like, under the sand, and they just straight ambush a whole, like, legion of Sardaukar and just kill them in, like, two seconds, like, two sentences, and they're, like, yeah, they're fighting, and, and they're, they're dead. They're just like, yeah, they did a really good <laughs> like, job, you know, like, we lost a whole... They, yeah, they put up a good fight. ...single person that time. Yeah, we lost we lost a man, and we oh, were only able to capture three, but we got the we got the Thopter with no damage or, like, issues there. Truly, and then apparently another is unrivaled, like, seeing as we lost one, and they lost a whole what? legion. Amazing. And, and then how it's like, ah, oh, we should have got these guys on our side, with, in that he forgot that Duke Leto said that, like, seven chapters ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a big, like, troop carrier coming in, one of the Fremen, like, steals the Thopter and just goes and straight, like, kamikazes and kills, like, a hundred thousand sardaukar for one fremen life and just full out takes him down which was pretty badass as well yeah yeah just like check it out kid we call this one an uncontested win here on arrakis (laughs) yeah you know they fought good master of understatement they did okay you know it's fine Uh-huh. And then, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we cut back to uh, Paul and Jessica, who have now they're they're like just cleaning, clearing out their tent after it had been like covered in sand. They have another weird like moment to where Paul is just doing everything, and Jessica's just like, "Oh, I'm so helpless. Please take my hand and help me out of the tent." Another, and- another like. <laughs> me being disappointed with jessica yeah like again went from this strong like female character that was like doing stuff and then he was basically just like now nah, let's make her like really pathetic now because paul's too cool 
yeah, yeah. Now, she, now oh, she's obsolete. And why did you ruin a character that like was exactly. good? Yeah, so, I was saying about the underlying misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, when you said that, I was like, "What?" And now I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. And then Idaho shows up, and Paul knows it's Idaho from like kilometers away because apparently how he flies. Yeah, like Paul's mentat abilities like, now okay. make him able to see everything that has. Or yeah, but will he's not be. a mentat; he's a freak. And a seed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Paul is just our exposition bot from now on. Uh, we, yeah, like Idaho comes in and he's just like, hey, how's it going? By the way, check this out. He like points over the horizon and there's, there's a huge like nuclear explosion that goes off. Because apparently he like set up a shield in their house. And when somebody lays gun the shield, it like causes a nuclear explosion and their house is gone now. Which apparently is useful because it gets rid of all like their family possessions and it mentioned these the family atomics which i have no idea what those are yeah that was very confusing it seems like they have like family nukes yeah the fucking like heirloom <laughs> nukes passed down for generations upon generations in the atreides family yeah. <laughs> truly a piece of history that was also some weird stuff that just never got explained and probably never will be uh but then they get they get like befriended liet Kinds brings them to like a Fremen base, which is apparently extremely well equipped and like has like an office and he's got like a coffee maker, blah, 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 blah. And they like hang out in there for a little bit. Like Kynes is just fawning over Paul because he's Muad'Dib now and he's his savior and all these things. He's like, I trust this man with everything. Duncan Idaho is just like, yeah, so what are we going to do? We should like not die and go elsewhere. And Kynes is just like, ah, but we have Paul. He'll do everything. <laughs> Where the fuck's the coffee? I thought we got Yeah, no, go fetch the coffee. And then the coffee doesn't come. And he's like, oh, I should have known. That means that there's bad guys around. But they stopped our coffee maker. <laughs> well, this is all very Truly like... Truly an unforgivable yeah. crime. I, I, I was really unimpressed when it was literally just like, ah, we're having this deep conversation. We're totally safe. And then immediately it was like, we are no longer safe. Oops. Like Yeah, so here, here was a, there was a really good conversation here where Paul starts talking about his plan, though, where he's essentially going to like get off the planet build up all this evidence that the Harkonnens like stole the planet from the Atreides with the Emperor's help so like they got proof that the Sardaukar were involved and all this stuff and they're gonna go to the Emperor and be like hey let's settle this in court like bring out a fucking lawsuit against the Harkonnens (laughs) for stealing their planet and Paul's gonna be like ah but if I bring up the lawsuit then all the houses are gonna be mad because you're like supporting houses taking over from other houses and the emperor apparently can't be seen to do that so paul's gonna be like instead of me bringing in this lawsuit what if you make me your heir and said but not said let me marry your daughter like who is the princess irulan which like seems to be what's going to happen now uh and then so paul paul's now got this huge like ambition to be king which is very out of character for him it seemed like he wanted to just like be honorable above all else and now he's like "Mm, but what if i blackmailed the emperor (laughs) (laughs) to become emperor (laughs) yeah like the most dangerous person in the universe what if i blackmailed him instead of just being honorable and like taking care of my family and all these things it felt very out of character but like it's a cool plan 
I mean, yeah, what else? He's, now, he's going to look effectively a different character, anyways. Yeah. Like what was the, the point of taking a lot of time to set up a different character? Because <laughs> now, he, now he's just like. Well, remember what Princess Aralon said? You have to know the guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know the guy. There's <laughs> no Muad'Dib. You have to know the man. At least I don't know. I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck this Paul is. Yeah. This is like it's, okay. I got a plan. Uh, I'm gonna marry the princess, and then I'm gonna be the emperor. Easy peasy. Great plan. Great plan. It's gonna be huge. No shit, Iralon. It's the Galactic Empire. (laughs) We'll fire through the moon. Yeah. We're going to make Mars pay for it. Uh, but yeah, and then they're just like hanging out, having this chat, and everyone's like, oh, this is a pretty good plan, except for where it's bad. And Paul's like, yeah, I haven't quite thought it out yet. And then the Harkonnens show up and Sardaukar, and they're like, bursting into the place like out of nowhere there was absolutely no build-up for this no one saw it coming which is shocking because paul should have seen it coming a year ago (laughs) uh and then and then they're like like they have this they have this whole scene where they're like ah they're like behind the door but they're gonna knock the door down let's all leave idaho you hold them off (laughs) and then idaho like goes to hold them off and just fucking dies it was really fucking cool though like he just kind of held them off single hand like it looked in my mind it was really cool yeah, it was a pretty badass scene. It felt very like Hodor kind of like intense. Keep keep them from coming. Don't let them get us while we get through the bolt hole. Remind me of Hodor. <laughs> that, that that's how I pictured it at least. And then Liet Kynes like takes them outside and he's like, "Hey, I've got this thopter set up for you. It's like gonna get you to safety. All you got to do is fly it through a hurricane." Uh, I'm going to get away a different way because that doesn't sound safe. And then Paul's like, well, if it's not safe, why am I doing it? And like, Kynes like, yeah, good luck. Bye. Yeah, literally <laughs> like fly this piece of like metal through a sandblaster. Yeah, like a sand hurricane while being chased with by Harkonnen thopters. And like, ah, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, uh, yeah. You'll be fine. It's okay. Just pop in through the top. No problem. Yeah, no, like he's apparently going to be fine, but because the book would suck if he doesn't, but it, it felt very <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I think this is the last time we see Paul and Jessica in this section. We then cut back to the Harkonnen side where the Baron's like talking to Nafud, who is now his new guard captain after the old guard captain died to Leto's gas. And he starts talking about how, oh, we captured Howitt because that's a thing that happened at some point in the meantime. Uh, they captured Howitt and they're gonna he's, well, he wants to like convert Howitt and turn him to be his ally because he's not gonna let Harkin or let, let Howitt know that Jessica wasn't bad. God, that's so infuriating. Who wants Howitt? Yeah. Like everybody can clearly see he's too old for his job now. He's yeah. absolutely trash at it. Yeah. And like he's the perfect man. I need a new men's hat. There's one on the way. Fuck that one. Yeah. I want this one. Yeah, I want I want I want oh there's one on the way who's like trained and has no allegiance to the Atreides. Yeah, like specifically ah. trained, like in allegiance to the Harkonnens, right? Yeah. Like my mentat, like who's trained to replace Peter Piter. So he's like specific to my needs. And it's like, ah, but what if we had Howitt who like if Paul shows up, I don't know if he'll help me or Paul. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, classic villain. Like, Harkonnen has no way. Like, as far as I understand, Harkonnen has no way to convince Howitt to do anything against Paul. Like, Howitt uh, doesn't hate Paul. Howitt loves Paul. Howitt yeah. loves loved the Duke. He just hates Jessica. 
Yeah, but he thinks that somehow he can, like, convince him to be evil because, oh, well, Jessica's probably corrupted Paul. We should just eliminate him. Like, it's going to be along those lines, and it's going to be one of those, like, serious moments where it's like, oh, how dare you? And he's going to be like, I have to, man. <laughs> you know, that, that like classic <laughs> Yeah. And then it's going to be like an explanation of, it wasn't me, it was Yui. And how it's going to be like, oh my god, brain finally functions. I do the spot. It and it's, those like, yeah. it's like the part in 21, or 21 Jump Street where it's just like, tick, 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 yeah. ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this seems like a poor plan all around. Uh, and then the the Baron drops this line, which I love. I, I wrote it down verbatim, uh, where he says, "No spawn of Harkonnen would ever be emperor, but a Harkonnen descendant will." So he's like straight up saying, like his direct kids won't be emperor, but like one of their kids will be. So it's like, oh yeah, my nephew Fade Ralpha. That's probably who it's gonna be. Certainly not that Paul Atreides. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was, it was a excellent bit of foreshadowing <laughs> frank herbert explaining the ending of the book halfway in yeah <laughs> yeah like not much at all is left the yeah. imagination at this point it's very like opposite of a murder mystery <laughs> yeah like last week it's like another case of show then tell then show another five times right yeah yeah make, make sure it's very clear yeah uh but yeah and then he's like okay well i was gonna give piter the planet but well piter's dead and I want to make the planet love Fader Alpha, so I'm gonna put my other nephew R- R- Raban, Rabin, Rabin in charge because he's a dick, and then it's gonna make people of Arrakis hate him. And then when he inevitably gets assassinated or killed by some random Fremen, I'm gonna put Fader Alpha in charge, and they're gonna love Fader Alpha. It, it seems like a plan that could be avoided by just putting Fader Alpha in and having him not be a dick. <laughs> But that's too obvious. Yeah, where's the Why fun in that? Earth would you do the obvious thing? Yeah, so he like sacrifice your nephew. It, it seems like his nephew Raban is like a bit older and decently like competent. He was the ruler before the Trades showed up. Like he like at least understands and knows how the planet works. And like also gross family Baron, trait. Like trusted him to like make your own decision. Also very gross based on the description. This described him as being a redhead, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Uh-huh, just, like, the biggest, fattest redhead. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Baron's like, all right, we're going to put you in charge. What I need you to do is get the most spice possible. So much spice. I need all this spice. I lost all my spice in the war. All the spice. Also completely ignore the Fremen, despite the fact that they took out, like, yeah. two to three battalions. Yeah, I agree the Fremen are important. You should probably do something with the Fremen, but don't do anything about the Fremen. Just ignore them. Yeah, just he's basically like... the Fremen. They're scum. I need you to squeeze every last drop of spice out of this planet for, like, the next seven years, and then we'll break even, so it'll be fine. Speaking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of which, who the hell spends that much on invading a planet where he clearly only needed maybe a third of that? Yeah. Like, who does the budget there? Like, outstanding victory that very like the way it was described and the thing is they took over like all the cities at the same time when as far as it seems like the atreides had no way to control all the other cities they were literally just committed to the one city anyway yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> I, like no, taking I, over cities I, the atreides weren't even like, at the, the way that it's all done where it's like oh we had, we had this amazing class like why on earth would you ever do that in any military strategy ever yeah 
Like, it just doesn't like, make any logical sense. I know 14-year-olds on the internet who have better strategy than this Baron. Yep. <laughs> 15-year-olds like Paul Atreides? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a whole plan. Yeah, so the Baron's just, like, super out of it. He's like, my personal spice, like, reserves, they're gone. I need the spice. Like, he starts talking like a fucking crack addict at the end there. Yeah, and, like, the other thing, too, now is that we know that the spice is kind of, like, maybe mod levels of toxicity when not consumed, which, I don't know, I don't know how that works, but, like, it's assumed that once you have enough of it, once you stop eating it or taking it yeah, or it's ingesting like a poison, it, it's like a drug. Uh, you die. Oh, yeah. The other is thing to mention is apparently... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Jared. Is this something that happens if you're just on the planet for an extended period of time? Unless you're from it? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, like, it seems like something that's kind of commonly found, like, I don't know, something like salt everywhere else, like table salt. You kind of use it in food and stuff. And then, like, on Arrakis, it's just literally in everything, in the air, in the ground, like, you're absorbing it 24-7, whether you are conscious of it or not. But yeah, and then oh, the other we thing we also that, have not gotten a clear description of what the hell spice is or does. It's a drug, it's like cinnamon. Drug. It tastes very, weird very every bad. time. It's more or less a drug. I'm just annoyed by the fact that we have never act like he explains some things so well, slash too much, and then other things he's just like, nah, you don't need to know that. Yeah, and like, spice is like the reason, integral part of his entire book. Seems to be one of those things where he and, and there's no never... clear description. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and then the other, th- the other thing I forgot to mention is when the Baron's like, "Ah, oh, we're going to put Howard onto our side. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to poison him like right now, and it's going to be like a long-term poison where he's going to be poisoned for the rest of his life. And then we're going to keep feeding him the antidote with every meal so that he stays alive. And being like, oh, if he leaves and like doesn't eat my food, he'll die. But he can't. He can't test for poison because it's not poison that we're feeding him. It's antidote. Yeah, until the day rolls around where he gets like the space flu, and he's like, mm, "I'm just really not feeling good. Maybe like I'm just gonna drink some water and sip it off, and not feel like, better in a couple hours." Yeah, like it felt like a very weird plan that could go poorly. <laughs> but it was a lot of detail put into that. Give us that much detail on spice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's popped yeah. up a few times. <laughs> And then that's, that's I think, where we left off. So that was our plot. Do you guys want to take a quick little break and we'll come back with our discussion? Absolutely. Sure. All right. And we're back. All right. So I know we got lots of things to talk about. Uh, Shannon, why don't you start us off? Um, okay. So I know we discussed this on break, but uh, the Baron is a, is a pedophile? Yep. Canon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orders tap boys brought to his room especially ones that look like paul yeah yeah and he's like he's got a weird thing for his younger his nephew his nephew yeah. Ralph. Darling. Ralph. Yeah, yeah he's like oh man people are gonna love him i'm gonna love him i mean people are gonna love him <laughs> <laughs> he's got such a great body i mean uh um, personality brilliant mind <laughs> oh it, yeah, just, it seems like it none just of them real weird yeah that, that, that that's weird. I hope we don't get too much detail on that. Like that can just be I left. Really hope that can just be left as a like reason for us to not like the man. Well, it's I, meant I to like. He was kind of creepy, and now I'm just kind of like, yeah, he's real creepy now. Yeah. Don't think any reader is ever supposed to empathize with the Baron. Yeah. Do you I think know. this would make know, someone still, empathize with yeah. <laughs> him? No, I just don't think that we needed this extra part. Well, it's meant. Really interested in this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's meant to build the character. It's meant there, to make you dislike him. 
They're yeah, really leaning into like he's evil. Yeah. Like, but it's also if you like, didn't realize yeah. he's evil. <laughs> he didn't realize he was evil. He might yeah. be evil. I understand because it's like okay, we get it. Like we don't need to keep seeing this reoccur. Yeah, it just it serves to make the reader uncomfortable at this point. I feel like. Yeah, which yeah. when used sparingly can be done well. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes mm-hmm. forward from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything else you were? Yeah, so that whole thing was weird. And then I don't know if we just like so frustrating that Duke Leto just couldn't like clamp down on the tooth a little bit sooner, get the job <laughs> done, you know? Yeah. Like he kept yes. contemplating it, staring yes. at the Baron. <laughs> yeah, no. It- <laughs> Also, like, I, as relatable as I find this, like, dukedom, full-grown-ass, like, man, I feel like if I were put in that situation, I'd be like, you know what? Let's see how long this fucker lets me live. And then when I'm absolutely positively sure I can get him or I'm going to die anyway. Because it sounds like they were going to keep him alive for a while. Yeah. And he was just kind of like, nah, I think I'm good to go now. You know, I'll take a hot second and reminisce about, like, Paul actually being happy once, that one time. Yeah, that one time we, like, played catch out in the park. (laughs) The bonding. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, yeah, I know that you're at, like, your desk across the room, but it'll probably work. Yeah, I agree with that. That's weird. It was kind of dumb. Yeah, did he attempt at taking his life, basically? Hey, uh, Eldon, what did you think? Um, it was at least a little bit more interesting than the, the last time we talked. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, because uh, the last time we talked was like pretty monotone. And so finally something, at the end of the last time, it started to like... Ramp up. Um, yeah, ramp up a little bit, and now we have we have conflict. We have conflict. Finally, <laughs> it's not just prologue. Yeah. Wow, what a novel thought! Everyone... Like God, I thought it was gonna last forever. Honestly, it felt like it. <laughs> guys, guys, be quiet. Everyone, be quiet. Plot's happening. Plot's happening. No, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Um, uh, so far, I quite enjoy it. Uh, I had a point, and I can't quite remember it. <laughs> Well, then, forget the point. God damn it. Want us to come back to you? Yeah, I'll come back. All right, Jared, go ahead. Oh, sorry. All right, Um, Brendan, go ahead. (laughs) Um, He's mid-munch. God damn it. Um... I don't know. I kind of already said my thing. I'm really pissed off by the fact that they just really took Jessica and just ruined her. That was it. I really liked that character. And then they're just like, lol, who gives a crap? We're going to ruin her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not a good way to tell a story at all. So I'm just, yeah. yeah. Genuinely upset by that. Instead of being like, endeared to this character you're led to believe should be endearing, you're like, well, you kind of just became... Irrelevant. Yeah. Irrelevant. Yeah. They kind of they kind of force you to like Paul in a way because um well, first they like they, they, they kind of show how just like does this really Paul can so do no wrong. Here, here's here's the thing. Hear they me out. Force you, but I don't like him. Hear me out. <laughs> so they uh they absolutely like kind of force you because they really like Jack of Jessica. They really show her like she, she's she's awesome. She's wise. She's very cool. She she knows what's up. She knows what she's doing. And then um Paul's kind of sitting in the background and he's he can do no wrong. And then they kind of 
have Paul's time to shine, and then Jessica immediately takes a back seat. Yeah. And now <laughs> I'm not sure if I like that. Her yeah, viewer like support plummeted. I exactly. Not. I really like Jessica, and now she's immediately obsolete because yeah. Paul is go- right? Paul is space Jesus, and space Jesus can do no wrong. And yeah. <laughs> why do you need anyone else when you have space Jesus? We were all like I just, unanimously. I, I'm just really disappointed that they ruined her character. Yeah, yeah we were all Maybe unanimously. She'll- to have another use later. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Like, we were all completely like, okay, Team Jessica, let's go. She's going to handle shit for a while. Like, and we know she can, like, she's proven herself to handle herself and be able to handle, like, matters of the, like, dukedom and, like, the court. And now she's just like, oh, well, guess I just have to be a woman now. Again, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Point I guess the misogynist undertone. They're, they're really coming out now. Yeah. Oh, full force. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm upset. I don't like it. Like, I think what the idea was like, oh, we can build up Jessica, and then Jessica's so good. And then if we just say, well, Paul's better, then all of your, like, cares and thoughts about Jessica just, like, transfer over. But it doesn't no. work. I think that was the intention. Yes. did not. Like it didn't. It didn't work. land. It yeah. just basically comes off as, oh yeah, Jessica, she was great, right? Yeah, I know she's not. Paul's fantastical. You should like Paul. Yeah, like but Paul. Then it makes you hate Paul. <laughs> but we were all like just Jessica. kind of like. But we all hate Paul. Yeah, we're all just like, oh, bring back Jessica. Bring back <laughs> make Jessica, Jessica great again. Yeah. Honestly, though. <laughs> Yeah, no. I like guess that, that's my, that's my only real point to make about this. That, that's fair. Um, Brent or Jared, you good now? I'm good now. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of stumbling how they're like, oh, the Sardaukar—they're this great elite warrior unit of the greatest uh, intergalactic empire, of which nobody actually really gives us a size. Like, like maybe fifteen planets or. Um, but they're like, oh, this indefeatable starter car, and then they just get wiped by yeah. these desert people. <laughs> they're just yeah. like, nope. Yeah, they like tried to use them as a demonstration of strength, but they never actually demonstrated the starter car's strength, so it didn't land. Yeah, yeah, they really, all they really showed us is that they were impetuous imperial guards, and that's. Well, uh, it, it's it's this. I mean, I guess this was in the whenever the fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this trend that's been going on even in media right now that like you're you're almost doing um, like you're subverting expectations simply to subvert expectations and it results in stupid things happening. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, we're going to subvert expectations by making the data card super bad. But it's like, all it does is ruin what you had already established they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, speaking of, like, subverting expectations, I got big, like, Golden Company vibes out of this. Like, yep. not to reference Game of Thrones too frequently, but, like, it felt like they're like, oh, that's huge. These, all these legions of these, these, like, perfect mercenaries, they can do no wrong, and then you see them for, like, eight seconds of screen time, and in that entire time, they're just getting wiped. Exactly, like, it's yeah. like, imagine an army, but it's made up entirely of, like, the Predator. Yeah. <laughs> And then like, they immediately just this? get fucked. And it's like, oh my god, you spent so much money doing it this. It turns out it's just like nerds in costumes. <laughs> yeah, like fucking LARPers. <laughs> it's it, just have LARPers. Have you noticed a scene where the Sardaukar invaded a town and like 
sacked it or took control yeah. or something or just completely massacred a division, that would have been cool. Be like, yeah. oh, the starting car definitely are what there's what Frank Herbert is saying they are, and then they get wiped. That would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like you should have oh, had elephants. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I guess but we that's, like that's a lot off. for the CGI budget budget of this. Yeah. Even afford a dog. <laughs> and there was that entire discussion on Paul's like opinions, like, oh, the emperor would never do this. He wouldn't want to piss off the houses or anything. Like, the sudden knowledge of intergalactic diplomacy. He's yeah. like, this is yeah. how I become emperor. This what? is how I do it. I got it, guys. Follow me. <laughs> I can take out the whole empire myself today, Luke. Yeah, yeah. What's that, Maddie? Uh, and it was like, oh, man, I'm going to do all these things. And then the emperor is like, absolutely going to give a shit. Meanwhile, the emperor is just chilling. Does not give a shit. Not, not a single shit. <laughs> no shits to be given. Yeah, he's like, ah, okay. But the point being, I feel like a discussion or a brief explanation of like intergalactic law or just like a basis overview, like this is what the emperor can and can't do. This is bad. This is good. Mm-hmm. And then something like this happening would have lent a little more weight to it. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, the Sardaukar are here. Why is that bad? Tell us, 15-year-old. Honestly, though. <laughs> Tell us, Space Jesus. Space Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Space Jesus. We need, we need to make a jingle. Yeah, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that it, I'll see if we can find room in the budget. I'll move some things around. Well, Thanks, Maddie. We're money on this. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Eldon, did you remember your... Oh, yeah, it was just about Jessica and, like, how they force you to, like... Um, oh, okay. Fall. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Not really, no. Okay, Maddie? Um, I'm trying to think of something that hasn't already been said, but honestly, that pretty much covers it. Although, I do have to agree that, like, these last hundred pages were far more exciting, far more interesting, and far more, like... I guess... Better? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, far more better. <laughs> My grammar is also getting far more better. Yeah, we can come back to that when we give our uh, scores. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm we explicitly think... claim that we're not literate. <laughs> yeah. We do. It's in the title. Literally. Um, Literally. <laughs> Literally. I'm trying to Anything? think, because I remember as I was reading, there was a part that I was like, oh, like, I should mention this later. Like, I should mention this in the podcast. And I absolutely can't remember it now. Um, So it must not have been that important. Fair enough. Um, um, I guess as far as... I found some of the flavor text to be way more interesting. Even, like, the letters from Princess Erlon. Um, yeah, there was a d- couple of them that were pretty cool. And there's, like, every now and then you get one where it's entirely meaningless. Where it's yeah. just, like, it's the like, emotions cloud the judgment of the lives of the people that feel them. And you're like, okay, shut up. Give yeah, us the yeah. fucking facts. Tell yeah. us that you're the Emperor's daughter. Exactly. Like, I really liked the one, though, where it was, like, oh, like, it's said, like, unconfirmed, though. But it said that, like, the moment Duke Leto Atreides died... There was a meteor on Caladan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his yeah, ancestral, like across the sky. Yeah, like his ancestral homeland. I was like, oh, that's a really like that didn't need to be there, but I'm glad it was. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that. 
Uh, have we ever, do we ever, anyone ever look it up? Are those letters in the original book or is that something they added later in like a re-release? They're all like, they start the chapters essentially. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that's like first, like if that was in all the editions or if that's something that like came out later. Because I think the like edition we're reading in the audiobook is the same edition that you have in paper copy. I just don't know if that's, if the text has changed from the original in that context. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. That, I, I feel like that was originally written in. Great question. We'll answer it probably never. There's fair. a lot of books from the 20th century that have those unique little openings or footnotes just throughout the novel. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess that's something that like you'd be kind of less used to with like modern books. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even um, part of me is like, oh well, like I can't really judge this in relation to contemporary literature because like the times that they exist in are completely different. The worldviews they exist in are completely different, and this goes for any kind of media created at two different times but um for me I'm finding what I saw started to read this book as like efficiency in storytelling I'm now just kind of seeing as like almost I don't want to use the word crude that seems too much but it's just very blunt too crude yeah yeah. even like okay so one of my favorite books of all time uh, is the, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it! You need to. <laughs> um, but is the uh, the road, and that's think, not a book. That's a part of the pavement. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> okay, we'll cut that out. <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> but for me, part of the reason why I love the road is it's written almost like it's prose. And even though it is, like, contemporary literature, having that callback to kind of the, I guess, the artistry of language and, like, written text, I feel has just been completely thrown, like, out the window, like, on the road. It's been there for a couple weeks. Seagulls picking at it. Like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, it just has... N- absolutely no there's less elegance in the writing exactly there's no subtlety but that's not to say that it's bad i just i guess i find myself kind of looking for that when i know it's not gonna be there and that's kind of disappointing (laughs) it's like oh man this is like this is gonna be a really good book i'm super excited like i've heard good things like it seems to be a pretty quintal quintessential piece of science fiction literature and in some regards, I can see, like, oh, yeah, like, I enjoyed visualizing this part and these parts and these elements of the world, but it's not, it's presented in a way where it's like, I don't know, figure it out. Yeah. It's, I don't know, figure it out, except for when it's really, really not. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I guess the one thing I wanted to mention for discussion. It, it, to me, it feels like this whole book and the whole setup is just designed such that Frank Herbert has created this character, Paul Atreides, and he's just throwing Paul Atreides into situations that he knows Paul will be able to prove how badass he is. Yeah. Like, it's not a book with, yeah. like, a logical flow of events. It's a book with the events that make Paul look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he won't fail. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's hard to make them impressive either because there was no really like connection to Paul like 
Yeah. Throughout the entirety of this book, he's like, oh, he's a special kid. He's not trading for nobles. It's like, okay, so he's a preppy, rich white boy who's just complaining about the desert platform he's on. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, we, I, I, like, we were talking about the hero's journey where he's going to, like, have his, like, whatever normalish upbringing, then he's going to struggle, then he's going to, like, come into his own. He's skipped the struggle part, and he's just come into his own, like, a third of the way into the book. Like, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't think we're ever actually going to see him struggle, because there's no situation, like, with the Paul we see right now, there's no situation that he could feasibly struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, though- in Lord of the Rings, for example, it was brilliant the way they set up the protagonist, Frodo. They're like, look, here's his life, here's his family. Now, all of a sudden, he has to go off and do this. And now it's like, Paul is like, Here's his life. Here's his family. We don't care about that. Look at what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were never useful. Yeah. yeah, he's got mechanisms up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. he's fucking Inspector Gadget. Like, Go Go Gadget plots summary. Pl- Go Go Gadget like fix this problem. Go Go Gadget plot <laughs> armor. Am I right? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and even I think Frodo's a really good kind of other side of the coin to compare Paul to. Because, yeah, with Frodo, you see him maybe when he's not his best. Or well, he wasn't like, prepared for that, like, at exactly. all. He, yeah. Nothing he's learned could really prepare him for that. And it sets it's it up that way. you can and relate it, to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It shows, but it doesn't outright tell. And that is good character yeah. writing, that is good story building, that is good world building, that is but good But Paul just knows fucking everything! Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't know how he just does. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. also uh, one thing to mention there uh, as well is like Tolkien and Herbert were contemporaries. Lord of the Rings and Dune came out in similar like times, so yeah. you can't even make the excuse of like, oh, it was like, oh, the, like a product of the times, and like the writing got better or yeah, yeah. changed as time went on. Like it, it, it came from the same idea and place, just well, hold, executed hold differently. Where was Frank Herbert from again? Uh, I think he's American. Well, well, that explains a lot. About his <laughs> we just lost right all our American viewership. <laughs> Shit. Wherever they are. They no, but the just on a basic place, view, a worldview of an American author in the yeah. 40s and 60s. Oh, yeah, for sure. A worldview of a British author in the 40s and 60s. Exactly. Well, and... Even in, like, context matters. Context for the writer matters. Context for the media and type of media matters. It, like, it all goes into the, developing this thing, this narrative, right? And the fact that this protagonist just does not live up comparatively, it just, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I just looked it up. The Lord of the Rings came out from 1954 to 1955, so they had 10 years on Dune. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's fair. They had 10 years on Dune, so Dune should have done better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, yeah, I guess that's... That's a very good point, I think, too, is that, like... Again, sorry, I hate to keep comparing Dune to other books, but it has to be done. Um, it has to be done. Looking through the same scope as, like, Lord of the Rings, with... Or even Game of Thrones, too, um, if we're talking more contemporary, uh, is... Just this idea that you can tell when a piece of work has a lot of passion put into it. I think Dune has a lot of thought put into it. Definitely. Definitely a lot of thought. But for me, I feel like it's missing that like heart. Yeah, it's missing a soul. 
Yeah. There are I definitely can, a lot of thoughts in Dune. <laughs> because Jessica and Fader <laughs> Alpha, to name a few examples. Yeah, do yeah. fear Hawat for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, where are these names coming from? Like, I know that authors can just make up names. But <laughs> I, I was like, these names are whack. They like, don't like vowels, do they? It's like in Idaho. Names are just ridiculous. This is Paul, and this is Dufir Hawa. <laughs> and this is Idaho. Like, yeah. Here's something we haven't talked about yet. Dungeons and Dragons. When you're making a D&D character, if you name it something absurd and inane, like, no one's going to remember your character's name, and therefore you have a worse time because everyone's like, um, yeah, that guy, and they just call you whatever, like, stupid nickname. Yeah, so yeah. it behooves you to give your character, like, a good name that people will actually remember. And enjoy. The fact that, I mean, I'm terrible with it, but, like, the fact that I can't remember the character's names half the time is a problem. <laughs> yeah, or, like, Listen, Gurney Halleck and Thufir Howitt. Like, you can't make them exactly the same names, either. You can't yeah. make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just weird. Especially when, like, in a book where characters and characters' names are so important to, like, understanding where they where you are in the narrative, they act as a kind of, like, compass. But it's kind of like, oh. I... It, I don't know what happened. Somebody just damaged, damaged this poor compass beyond repair. I don't, I have a hard time understanding who's where and who's who. That's yes. absolutely fair. There was yep. that one chapter that was just completely confusing with what seemed like three different people talking, but you had no idea who was alive and who wasn't. Yeah, yeah. precisely. Exactly. Yeah. There was a while where I thought Duncan Idaho was the guy that they, because they said they like captured someone outside of, like when they're talking to Yui and the Duke, they, they captured like someone and it was an Atreides man who'd been working with the Fremen and like had been like living with them for a while, but then he came back and then they interrogated him and then he died. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that, that was Idaho, right? No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> some other guy that happens to have the same life story as him. Actually, his name was definitely not. Uh, Idaho. Uh, Daniel Ohio. Da Dan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First superhero ever. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Macintosh Yuha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, question period. Who has big questions for what the hell is going on? I mean, my question is basically just like, why? 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 Why did you have to ruin so many characters? <laughs> <laughs> well, Gurney, come back. Back on the fact that they ruined Jessica. I miss yeah. Gurney already. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, why? Why was there all of this stuff in the beginning? And yet, we're still sitting here, and we're like, "Do we really understand what a mentet is? No. Do we really Dumbass. understand what the spice is? No." Do we really care about any of these characters? No, because it seems like some of them are like really well established and then just like thrown to the wind for literally yeah. no reason. Oh my, yeah. It felt so safe with Jessica. Like she was introduced in a very strong way. Her character was easily understood and approachable. And then they're like, hey, all that work we put into like making Jessica a character. Let's make her real general. sad. Yeah. Let's yeah. just uh, undo all that. She doesn't matter anymore. She doesn't need a character anymore. Yeah. We have Paul. And you know, hey, I love me killing an, a developed character, 
But when you pull <laughs> a developed character within the first book, and there's still two books to go, like, yeah. you killed them within 300 pages, and it's just, we don't know, we don't care about any other characters you're throwing at. Well, I, it, I mean, like, Game of Thrones was always kind of... yeah. Game of Thrones is a brilliant example for this. Like, like you just kill characters randomly. It's like, yeah, to an extent, George R. R. Martin does kind of kill some characters randomly with very little character development. But, like, that's kind of, he's, there's a point to be made that he's arguing that the random is the world and blah, 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 blah. But you can kind of tell sometimes when characters are making bad decisions and who to invest in. In this book, you cannot tell who to invest in at all. Well, you could tell the Duke was dead. But you could only, honestly, you might not even be able to tell the Duke was dead if they didn't just tell you. Yeah, that's true. If you didn't know, spoiler alert, that Ned dies at the end of the first book of Game of Thrones. That's years. I know, that's why I said spoiler alert. Um, Like, if you didn't know that, you're getting really invested in Ned because you think he's going to be the main character story. And then he gets axed, and you're like, oh, shit. He got yeah. axed. But, like, you don't invest in... I mean, like, when you're reading that book, you don't really invest in, like, Littlefinger that much until all of a sudden he becomes a relevant character. And then you're like, oh, now I'm kind of invested in this character. And then he lasts, like, a very long time. Mm-hmm. Or there's other, there's other like, kind of more minor characters that you're like, yeah, they're there, and I like them, but I'm not, like, super concerned about them, like Maester Lewin. Like, yeah. he's there, and you give a yeah. shit. But also... When he eventually also, spoiler alert, dies, you're not like, oh no, Maester Lewin. You're like, no, this guy wasn't like a major player in the story, anyways. Oh well. And like, Game of Thrones yeah. also has the advantage really in this story. Game of Thrones also obviously Paul. Game of Thrones also has the advantage of there being like 23 main characters. That is so true. he yeah. can afford to kill off one or two. When you've got like a protagonist and like six side characters, you can't just kill them all off. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. And Game of Thrones does a brilliant job of explaining to you that there's like no good endings here. Like, yeah, they they spend like, half the first book going sweet summer child. You don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and people are dying left and right. But in this book, it's like okay, here's like seven to fifteen important people. Watch half of them die, and the other half become irrelevant. Yeah. Well, hey guys, <laughs> watch this first podcast now about Game of Thrones. We found the book out. It's just Game of Thrones podcast. We compare every book we ever read to Game of Thrones. I'm just fucking conceptual. We'll, we'll, do a sec- like, we'll do a special episode about just Game of Thrones discussion. <laughs> if I could just final, say like, a final shit talk and like suck off George R. R. Martin final game. Okay. Should we get the to the ratings? Uh, I think oh, Maddie wants I, to say. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just a final comment on, I guess, in relation to Game of Thrones, too, is even though there are, like, uh, I don't know, definitely more main characters or characters you should be paying attention to than in Dune currently, each character is presented and written in a way that you can immediately understand and define them as a character separate from anybody else. Whereas here, you've got, like, four of them that are Paul's kind of mentors, and then there's Paul himself, and then his mom and dad, and then just other uh, others. People. Yeah, yeah. They haven't been introduced with, in with any unclear kind of, motives. Exactly, yeah. they haven't been in, introduced in a like super motivated way or in a way that allows you to distinguish one from the other. It's just kind of like here they are. 
Remember yeah, like, who they like, are. Like Kynes, for example. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what his motivations are. Yeah. Kynes? I, mean, no I do like Kynes. His motivations are, I think, going to remain unclear. Yeah. There was a discussion that he was... a sneaky bastard. Yeah, there was a discussion that he was supposed to be in with the Harken, Harkonnens, but then he liked Duke Leto, and now he likes Paul, so it's like... Well, oh, the yeah. Harkonnens are just like, yeah, we're going to kill that guy. And, and Paul's like, an accident. hey, so, Kynes, I know you don't really hold any, like, crazy amounts of power or anything that could be, like, super useful for me right now, at least that we, the reader, know about, but... um. Well, his relationship with the Fremen. Yeah, yeah. but... I feel like Paul being Maudib would like basically give him a relationship with the Fremen. Like yeah. no problem. Like that's his free ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh well, Kynes, actually I'll like literally indebt myself to you. No bars held, no limits. Um like if you help me with this one thing, which is like, I guess, getting in with the Fremen. Yeah, it felt weird. Um, it, it, yeah, it felt I, like still, a white man trying to write what he knew medieval Europe was like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, real quick before we jump into ratings, the other quick question I had was Does Baron Harkonnen know that Jessica is a Harkonnen? No, Presumably not. not. Yeah. Don't think Probably so. not. I don't because think if, anybody but Paul knows. And presumably the Bene Gesserit. Like, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, the Bene Gesserit, no. But I think that's part of, I mean, that's part of the reveal, right? Of, like, they did talk a lot about Jessica's, um, like, if she knew her heritage, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's probably a secret that will get revealed from dramatic that part just struck me as really plot convenient, because, like, if the Harkonnens knew that Jessica and Paula were technically Harkonnens, all they'd have to do is fucking announce that, and you yeah. know that they would have just died because of how much the Atreides hated the Harkonnens. If they're like, ah, yeah, this lady who's like trying to like woo our Duke is a Harkonnen, kill the bitch. Yeah, kill the traitor. <laughs> and like, it or wouldn't even have been a question of like, it. is she actually a traitor? It wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or they could even just have waited until like Paul took the throne and be like, oh yeah, he's half Harkonnen. That works yeah. for us. Not, he's not eligible. Whatever. <laughs> like, they could have pulled that shit. Anyway, on to ratings. Shannon, what did you think of this next 100 pages? Um, for the solid action, I'll increase it to a 7 out of 10. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Solid. Nice, nice. Brendan? I mean, I like the fact that it was action forward, but again, they ruined Jessica. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Eldon? Um, I was going to give it like an 8 out of 10 for like just like plot. It finally <laughs> happened. Um, but again, yeah, they ruined Jessica. So I'm going to have to give it, go back to you know, 6 out of 10. <laughs> Darren. I am going to reduce my rating by half a point to 6.5. Because while it was an interesting plot, it, it's, it's still a rambling plot. That's he's fair. had his opportunity to fix it and he hasn't quite fixed it yet and then he's just ruined <laughs> some characters. Yeah. Maddie? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same vein as everyone else here. Uh it it, it was a really exciting ten pages, especially in contrast to the last or sorry, ten. A <laughs> hundred pages. pages. Yeah. <laughs> Little do you know. 
it's takes all been a week to read 10 pages. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in contrast to the last 100 pages, it would have been like an eight and a half out of 10. I think, yeah, it's going to be about a seven, Jessica. And also a lot of loose ends that I don't think he's going to come back to tie up. He's just kind of, he might give us more information, but I don't think it's ever going to be resolved. No, probably not. That's fair. I I think, I, I don't actually remember what I gave it last week, but I think I got to give this like a five. I, I was really? not I was not super pleased with this. It, 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 it definitely feels like everything that they were like they were building up all this story and then they took this next hundred pages and just threw it to the ground and blew it up. Like <laughs> they, they took all this like character development and just said, we don't care about it. We're gonna throw plot that doesn't make sense at the problem and then we're going to have the twist happen before or the twist will happen before the characters or like the plot gets developed properly. And you just have no attachment and no reason to want to like cheer for the good guys or hate the bad guys. Like it's just, you're being thrown this information. It's all being shoved down your throat and you aren't given time or reason to care. Yeah. You can't empathize with any of the characters. It's like there's plot now. Like you're still getting dragged through the book itself, but now there's plot. Yeah. So for me, that forgives it a little bit, but you're right. You're still being dragged through it without any kind of rhyme or reason. Yeah. Even though the plot. Yeah. Yeah. The plot is thin sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you you like it because it finally happened. (laughs) I mean, everything they're saying sounds cool on a base level, like a thopter. What the hell is that? I want to write it up. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, with this chapter, my view of what a thopter actually looks like changed completely. I'm which kind of sucks. I'm envisioning like Black Panther, that like bug thing. Like, almost like a dragonfly copter kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, like those things were dope. Oh, yeah. If that's what yeah, the thopter yeah, yeah. looks like, I'm in for that. I'll take two. Right <laughs> All right. Uh, I think this is where we're going to wrap up. For next week, we're going to be reading the next 100 pages, or approximately three hours. Uh, For audiobook people, that's going to be ending at 13 hours and 51 minutes in. I'm hoping and looking forward to next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.